Gentlemen, what's going on? We got a special episode right here. We reversed it up. Instead of interviewing a guest, a guest interviewed me for all of you. Just ask those questions that are needed right here on the Purpose Infused Brotherhood podcast. Gentlemen, welcome to the Purpose Infused Brotherhood, the podcast where men come to build, battle, and bond together and be the best versions of themselves. If you're a man who's ever felt out of alignment with his purpose, then you're in the right place to reignite the fire and infuse male purpose into your life every single day. And now your hosts, John Doe and Clay Smeltzer. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Listeners, I'm super excited here because I have Dave Gold here. And uh, Dave and I, we met through uh, another person. Uh, we talked one day, and I'll tell you, it's it's one of those things where the universe just talks to you and says, hey, you need to have a conversation with this guy. And uh, after both uh, of us coming together and just having that awesome, awesome, awesome conversation, uh, Dave said, hey, why don't I interview you for your podcast. And I was like, well, that sounds like a pretty cool idea. So here we are today. Uh, Dave's going to interview me. So we have, I have no idea what questions he's going to ask, but I'm super excited for it. So Dave, just introduce yourself. Just give it a little quick. Hey, here's who I am. And so our listeners know. Oh, I just got to say, it takes balls to let someone interview on your own podcast. <laughs> you used to be guys, you know, in control. And just, so, I mean, one, just consenting to that after, you know, one date or whatever, I don't know how many yeah. times we talked. But also just when we were talking about this before, like, what you know, neither one of us wanted to have a script. So yeah. I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. You don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. Nope. We'll go. Up. But I'll just start by saying, you know, and you're going to interview me in a couple of weeks. People will hear all yep. about me. You know, I could just remain the mystery man right now. for Absolutely. Yeah, it will do that. I but, like that. But um, enough to say that I, I love authenticity. Yeah. And so whatever, and, what, and I, and, and inauthenticity it's as someone said is exhausting and as we yeah. used to say in west west virginia where i practiced law for a while it makes your ass tired you know, <laughs> ass tired so when i meet an authentic human being and and i think guys like us people like us but guys like us we tend to attract them yeah and when you do it then you just celebrate it and see what happens and i think you know again i don't know i'm 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 <laughs> i will tell people this i'm 70 you know i don't i don't sound i don't think i look it so you know i don't know how not many, at all not at all actually <laughs> than you, but it's so refreshing for me to find people that that get it, that get yeah. that authenticity piece early, that are living it, that are just like their whole lives are just an experiment. And what does it look like when I'm just more interested in being myself than being who everyone else told me to be or I told myself? Oof. To be? And, that's, and that's the resident, you know, that's just the resonance that I had with you. Yeah. So anyway, and you know, and then just this kind of wild hair idea. So anyway, you guys are all part of you guys and women are all part of an experiment here. And we'll see where it goes. Yeah. But enough to say that what I would invite you to do, everyone is listening, is just listening to that tuning fork of authenticity mm-hmm. that you'll hear, you know, you'll hear with Clay, you'll hear it in our dialogue. You know, I'm, I'm, my guess is you'll hear it from me as well, because that tuning fork, that's like our that that's like the, <laughs> you know, you got those old old TV shows where they have the two tin cans and a wire between them and. <laughs> That's like our tin can on this end to everything is divine and everything is important. So I, I would just invite you to attune that to here because then you can attune it to others as well. All right, that's enough. 
I'm supposed to be interviewing you. <laughs> no, that was great. Cause, and here's what I would say. I want to say thank you for that because um, for a long part of my life, I was fake. And yeah. until, until I got rid of all the bullshit and stopped lying to myself, because I was trying to be everything for everybody else and nothing for myself. And, and I didn't want the real clay smelter to be exposed because the real clay smelter was a negative asshole to himself. And, but I was portrayed as I was looked at as Mr. Positivity. I, I wore the Joker's mask, uh, all those different things. So it was really awesome just for you to say and, and meeting. Uh, I think we've, we've talked over email and met on zoom once. And just for you to be able to say, Hey, there's this authentic person, because really that's what I strive to be now is not that fake person that I used to be, but the real clay smelter. And, and it's just that it's literally just that freeing experience that I just have to be me wherever I go. I don't have to be anybody else. I just gotta be me. And so and I, I want to say thank you for that. Yeah. And I would say as well, that's the gift. That's the gift that you give to others. Yeah. Because when you're, when you're seen, when you you know, when there's, okay, let, let me just put in the form of a question. Yeah. What is the gift that you give to others in terms of seeing, seeing them the way that you acknowledge me seeing you? Uh, for me, my gift I give to them is just to be them and to live with purpose every day. So they know exactly who they are and why they make the decisions that they make. So they can make them easier, clearer, and simpler. And it's, it's a lot more exciting and free just to be like that. So I give them the gift of them. What's it like for you to see someone? Tell me what the internal experience, everyone says, see, you know, we're not just talking about, you know, not being blind, but to truly see someone, tell me what your internal experience is like when you see another human being. For another human being um, or the experience that they go through. That you go through. Tell me. I, that I, can I go through. You. Oh, for, for me, it's, it's really come down to, I was very judgmental before. I, I would judge you just by looking at you and to shed away that because really when I was judging somebody else, it was really judging myself. I wasn't judging them. I was mirroring what I felt about myself to other people. And when I, when I now though, I, when I meet somebody or when I'm talking with somebody, it's really just about understanding. Like, I just want to know your story. That's it. Like, I just, you like, your story's fascinating to me. And it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, you know, whether you're this or whether you're that, or whether you have a ton of stuff or nothing, like, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm just, it's so interested in your story because in your story, I get to learn about who you really are. Like, you can tell me like, you know, I, I've spoken with, you know, CEOs and I've spoken with people who are just, you know, out in the ditches, digging, digging holes, you know, for their lives. And either one, you're here for a reason on this earth. I mean, I think that's like the golden question. Why in hell am I here on this earth? And your story allows me to look through that. Cause I think for me, what I've found in, in one of my, one of my gifts is really in that purpose part of it is really looking at somebody else's life. And because I've done it for myself is break it down. I'm able to look at when somebody talks to me and tells me their story, I'm able to look and kind of basically not categorize. That's not the word I'm looking for. Connection. That's what I can look at the connections of what they're telling me and saying, like, hey, 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 you're about this. This is these are the connections. This is why you actually chose all this stuff in your life. And uh, it's pretty cool just to be able to kind of organize that in a way. And I think I think my math brain helps me do that. It's an analytical brain. Um, so I think it helps me to do that and helps me to organize and see those patterns. Um, so for me, I'm just I, I love people's stories. 
and uh and just having that and the energy that comes from it it's just freaking awesome there's so much here that you know i used to be a trial lawyer your math brain my trial lawyer brain is going well i can take the jury in 100 different directions i'm gonna i'm gonna bookmark something and then i'm gonna start setting kind of your story okay your own hero's journey and the bookmarking is when you talk about that curiosity that you have towards people and and one of the things that it's you know maybe we'll talk about it when you interview me is that curiosity is just another word for love yeah it's interest Right. And so, and, and one of the things that in your journey, and if, and you've, you alluded to it, we've talked about it, we resonated with it, and you alluded to it a little bit early on, is that you, your own journey went from being so self absorbed with your, you know, uh, just being so self absorbed, mm-hmm. and especially absorbed with the stuff that's not right with you, yep. right? The stuff that you wanted to fix, that you, there was no room in your brain for curiosity by anybody else. Yep. Right. So I just want to point out that's one of the, that's part of your, your journey. And I want to talk about that journey. Yeah. It went from some, because the curiosity is almost like a natural outgrowth of freeing yourself up from this constant internal dialogue. Of, am I good enough? How, yeah, I, I'm great enough. No, yep. I'm not. Right. Am I good enough? And do I have what it takes? Right. So, so, and, and so I want to bookmark that curiosity. The second thing is, you know, I had a, a software sales company that we talked about, and I was fortunate to sell it right before the dot in April of 2000, right before the, you know, the dot-com bust. But we used to say in sales, it's all about three, it's feel, felt, found. Mm-hmm. I know how you feel. I felt that way myself. Let me tell you what I found. And to me, I see your life as feel, felt, found. That so much of that journey yeah. is you have felt, you know, you've gone through so much that you know how you feel. Yeah. Right? You have felt that way yourself. Oh, yeah. And you know, and here, let me tell you what I found. Yep. And to me, that's what clay is. Clay's feel felt found, man. Yep. That's your magic. I, I so, totally agree. All right. So cool. So I see you. Now tell me. So I don't know. And I want you to tell the story like you've never told it before because mm-hmm. you're a good storyteller and so am I. Thank you. You interview, you've been interviewed. So I want you to tell, I want you to, to whatever extent you can, tell the story like you're, you're discovering it yourself. I want you to take us on somewhat of a clay journey in what, you know, and then the feel felt found process that, that is your gift and gift to all of us. Oh, that, that works. That works from the beginning. Anywhere you want to start, start, you can start in the middle. I don't want to go back to, you know, the hospital room. <laughs> well, in the hospital, no, no, no. Uh, but I, I do think it starts from, 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 uh, from when I was younger, you know, I grew up in Pennsylvania in the middle of the woods and uh, that's where I explored. I had that curiosity, you know, just like you were talking about. And this is really cool because that curiosity peak is peaking my curiosity right now to, to tell this. And uh, so it, the, the woods is where I found peace. The woods is where I learned a lot of stuff. Um, the woods is where I would go and just get lost. Uh, and just in that enjoyment and, and about life and the peace, peacefulness of just being in the woods. Um, you had, We had this valley and this creek and all this land that my grandpa had. And we just, I'd go all over it. Um, and so, so that came into play and I learned a ton there. Then I moved into high school, I actually found out in high school that I had the opportunity and the ability to go chase the major leagues in professional sports. So I became Clay Smeltzer chasing the major leagues. That was my identity. Uh, In college, I got to college, uh, played baseball. I broke my thumb in three places my first year. Um, Then my second year, I came back and it was basically I couldn't catch a baseball swing a bat. So Clay Smeltzer chasing the major leagues was gone. Um, Then I was Clay Smeltzer college student. Well, that wasn't that exciting. <laughs> then I was Clay Smeltzer uh, teacher. 
Then I was Clay Smelter husband. Then I was Clay Smelter. So I was Clay Smelter all these different things until 35 years old. I'm sitting on my couch. I have a panic attack over a TV show and I'm going, who the hell is Clay Smelter? And that's really the point in time in my life where I was like, okay, something has to change because this is where I was at that point of sitting or being everything for everybody else. Because what did I do in my 20s? You know, I had my phone in my 20s, things like that. Then I started to develop a family. In that time, develop a family, develop a career. I was divorced. Then I met somebody else, got married, then got divorced, had a kid, then got divorced again. So I'm divorced twice by the time I'm 30, what, 31, 32, um, something like that. Um, so I'm hurt. As a man, I gave my heart and I'm hurt twice. Um, so there, there comes all that pain there, that doubt. Am I good enough? Do I have what it takes? Um, and from those that's where the struggle with self identity, who is Clay Smelter? Why am I here? What am I doing? I, uh, as an educator, uh, in year 13, 12 and 13, I showed up and be like, oh, fucking hate this. <laughs> like, like, all right, I'm going to show up to pay paycheck. I have two degrees. I don't really want to feel like changing any career. I'll just do this until I retire. So I dreaded driving to work every day. I dreaded teaching math every day. I dreaded those things. And I dreaded my life. I woke up, put my foot out of the bed and was like, Oh my God, here we go again. You know? And that's the way I felt. And, and it was like, I was trying to juggle all these things. But I, if you, if you looked outside in on my life, you would be like, wow, dude, you got a pretty great life. And I'm like going, yeah, but in this thing right here between my ears, isn't like, I don't have that fire in my belly. I don't have that, that thing. Like, when I was chasing in major leagues, man, I had this fire and it, it wasn't nobody going to stop me. And I had people like I would stand in the lunch line and sit here and do this and like do my T drills in line while I'm getting lunch. People are like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to major leagues. So why don't you shut up and leave me alone? <laughs> and then like that was my reply. I mean, it wasn't very nice at that point in time, uh, but like that was my reply. Nobody was going to get in my way to achieve the dreams uh, that I wanted to achieve, but I didn't have that anymore because, well, I was being what I call the responsible man. I was doing what I was supposed to do. I was taking care of my family. I was taking care of the bills. I was taking care of my career. Uh, I was doing all those things, but it just wasn't the same as Chase. It just wasn't that excitement. So that's where I got to that point of, of trying to be everything for everybody else, being Mr. Positivity, being Mr. Joke Around, Happy-Go-Lucky, and I put that Joker mask on for so long, for 15 years of my life, and didn't really tell people about the amount of anxiety I felt. I didn't really tell people about the anger I felt. I didn't really tell people about the shame I felt. I didn't really tell people about the hurt I felt. Um, why? Because, well, I didn't want to deal with it. That's, that's the main reason. That's the truth of it. I didn't want to deal with it um, because I knew it was going to hurt. I knew it was going to suck. So that panic attack was the catalyst to say, Clay, you need to do something about what you're feeling because I was so afraid to be exposed to the real clay smelter. Like the real clay smelter would be exposed to everybody else. Cause then people would be like, well, you're a fraud. You're a fake. But the problem is, is I was a fraud and a fake. Like I just didn't want to admit it. And once I made the decision to stop lying about every single thing in my life, that's when things changed. That's where the blanket, it's it's like it's like you know in high school you, you have health class and you wear those beer goggles. They put them on and be like, hey, here's what it, it's like. I was walking around like that, and I took them off and I was like, holy shit! Like this is what life is supposed to look like. 
when I finally did the work and shed the layers, went into my shadow, talked about and did the things that I needed to do to deal with the things I didn't like about myself. Uh, and just it literally opened up and exposed Clay Smeltzer to everybody. That's the point in my life where freedom set in, where excitement for life, where when I put my foot on the ground now, it doesn't matter what happened the day before. It doesn't matter what's going to happen, whether something bad may happen or, or something good. I just know when I put my foot on the ground, it's a freaking exciting time. It's an exciting moment because I get to go out and live my purpose today, which is own my shit love my story and live with purpose and help other people do that every single day. So it's ownership, it's love and it's purpose. And once I revealed those things, I look back and that's literally the fire inside of me to chase the major leagues. Wasn't just to go to the big show and walk into that stadium. It was to make an impact on people because I had a platform to make an impact on people and to do what, to help people own themselves, to help people love their story and to help people live with purpose that was the same thing back then as it is as I sit here with you today, Dave, and you're interviewing me. I now have that fire back because I did the work to get it back, but it was always there. The cool thing about purpose is when you're looking for your purpose, it's also looking for you. And we just met and we're like, hey, how you doing? How you doing? And now we, we just live an exciting life because I just got to be me. That's it. I'm nobody else for anybody else. I'm everything for me. And what happens is it overflows my cup. And that overflow is what everybody can drink. So nobody puts anything in my cup. Nobody takes anything out of my cup. But you can have all the overflow that you want because it's overflowing. And before I used to let people put in and let people take out. And it was I was always depleted. No more. Um, and, and I was in a business team before. And one of the head guys, super successful guy. I mean, amazing, awesome dude. He, uh, he said, uh, you have to be selfish in order to be selfless. And at the point in time, I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. Like, sounds like a great phrase. Now I get it because I got I to gotta make sure that I'm overflowing my cup first to serve the greatest amount and to be able to live in my purpose at the fullest potential that I have. So that way, at the end of the day, when I lay my head down on my pillow, I can be like, you know what? I let it all out there today. I gave it all because be honest with you, we don't know if we get tomorrow. And if I don't, I'm going to put it all out today. So there's my story. And from here in the future, we're going to impact a shit ton of people. That's what we're going to do. And what's the, what's the gift? If you, you know, if you, it's funny, I'm, I'm I think, and I'm recording a, a video for just like a private landing page. And I thought, okay, I'm going to take this. I have, the, the most important thing I have to say, I'm going to say it exactly as I want to say it. I'm going to say it to the people that I most want to hear it. Yeah. So if, in that 60 seconds, distill that down. What's the most important thing that you want? And I know there's, there's I mean, there's so much in there. On oh, that. yeah. Yeah. But, but just in terms of like, okay, take me to the back of the book, even though I know I got to go on the journey myself. Yeah. What do you want to tell people? It's about being yourself. It's about knowing your purpose it is about trusting life that it's a fucking great journey that's that's really what it's about all right so we're going to reverse engineer some of this stuff because that's cool. all we do right we all have our own hero's journey yeah. right and all we could do is kind of reverse engineer it and see where the where the commonalities are so i want to start with the third because i think you and i talked about this before mm -hmm. and, and that's the trusting piece yes because the whole the whole false 
narrative, you know, and there's something too, I just want to, I want to put my own voice in here is there was nothing wrong with you being quote a phony mm -hmm. wrong. Yep. It was just absolutely the perfect place in your, you know, your and so this idea that, okay, you know, until I'm, there is a sense that until you're real, you're not real and it's not there, but at the same time, there's, there's a way that you don't discount yourself for the steps you got to right. go. Yeah. But so I want you to compare and contrast what it's like to live from a place of fear versus what it's like to live in a, in a, in a state of trust. Mm. Oof, that's good. Uh, for me, so fear, let's talk, let's talk about being a man. When I lived in fear as a man, um, I did not trust who I was. I did not trust that I was going to, this week we're talking about commitment. I did not trust I was going to keep those commitments to myself. And every time I broke those commitments uh, to myself that I made to myself, that told myself that I don't trust you. So living in fear as a man, I was living in not trusting myself that I was actually going to do what I said I said I was going to do. When I live in trust, I trust that the commitments I make to myself, I'm going to keep because that's important. Because I know that when I keep those commitments to myself, my cup overflows then and I'm aligned to my purpose. If I'm aligned to my purpose, then I know my, I know my road. And my road may go every which way, but where I want it to go. But I always know that road is aligned to purpose of owning myself, loving my story and living. So I don't have to second guess anymore. I trust myself that every decision I make is coming down to those three things. And that's it. So as a man, fear, I was untrusting myself and trust. I know that the path I'm on is still the path, no matter where the path goes, it's a purpose. Um, let's talk about as, as a husband. Okay. Or you, no, you I have, want, yeah, yeah, I yeah. I want to go back. Yeah, I'm, I'm again. I'm hearing this like I'm. This is all, uh, all fresh and yeah. You know that's the beauty of like you say waking up in the morning, putting your foot down on the ground, and thinking, oh shit, it's going to be just like yesterday except worse, versus putting your foot on the ground and say, wow, okay, amazing so the, opportunity. Yeah. So the question that occurs to me is, you didn't feel you were trustworthy before. Yeah. Okay. I mean that's true. You you don't because you yeah. don't. So. Were you not trustworthy or were you just not trusting, you know, no, let's parse that out because I'm sure yeah. everyone listening, you know, there's some part of themselves that I can't, I can't be trusted. And that's yeah. why we don't step into our power. Yeah. Because we're afraid if we step into our power, we're not trustworthy. Correct. You know, we're going to have six mistresses, a cocaine habit <laughs> you know, and a trail of, of indictments behind us. Yeah. Okay. So do you feel that it was more a question of you being trustworthy, but not having a sufficient you know, a high enough image of yourself to recognize that it was a question. Yeah, that you really, we're not trustworthy at that point. No, no, I, I, I was trustworthy. Okay, I just wasn't trustworthy to myself. And then when, when, what does that mean? But break that out. So for other people, I would commit to other people, and I would give everything for them. Okay, and I would do whatever it was for them. But when it came to myself, I wouldn't do the same for me. Okay, why? So why? Well, because I was always taught, I was taught 
I, again, I grew up in blue collar Pennsylvania, work your ass all shut up. Don't complain about it. Do what you want to do. So, so yeah, we grew up in that same mentality and it's like, okay. So the, the goal was to you, for your family, you do everything for your family. Like you do it, your family, you do it for yourself. You do all those things. Like you're, you're, you're your own man, man up, do it, all those different things. So to me, like I, it was the bearer of everything was me. So if anybody in my family had an issue, it was my issue. If anybody at my work had an issue, it was my issue. Any of my students had an issue, it was my issue. So I took on everybody else's issues, but I never took on mine. Why? Because uh, I did, because that's what I, my, my perception was that's what, in order to live a fulfilled life, that was what I, I had to go help everybody else. The problem is I left myself alone. So I, 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 seen this myself i you know my my first teacher i spent 20 years with an american zen master and 15 of them coincided living with him while i was practicing law and his, his like his word was everything you know his like you give your word it's your commitment mm -hmm. your commitment to the smallest thing that you say you're going to do is the same commitment you make to god that i'm going to i'm going to storm the gates of heaven and find out what truth is or whatever yeah. it is. and so i became a, a man of commitment if i gave my word that was it and i and i, and I couldn't and like I said, but to myself, you know, and I, I, I was very disciplined. Okay. But it, yep. it was artificial. Yeah. I felt like I needed to have these lines in the road for myself. I, I feel I needed to beat myself into place. Yep. Okay. And I think maybe this is why I was, I believe it's true. I'm going, but this is what seems to be emerging. Yeah. No, I totally there, agree. There's being trustworthy because I said to myself that I'm going to get up every morning, you know, and I did it this winter. And I'm going to go take, because one of my clients, does this ice bath stuff, yeah. you know? And I said, I'm gonna get up every morning and I'm gonna take a cold shower. I, I got an outside shower here, I don't care. As long as it's above 20 degrees, I'm gonna take that. You know, so there's a way you can just beat yourself into that because you say you do it, da 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 and then, and, and then there's a different way of going about life yeah. where you don't have to beat yourself into it because to me, that's fear-based. Yeah. It'll take it so far, right? Yep. But you're living, if, if I need to be frightened into, doing things then everything that come, no love can come out of that correct Only totally agree that. so what so let's 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 again like we never asked this question of ourselves or anybody else before what is it like to have a love-based relationship to trust trustworthiness versus a fear-based relationship to trustworthiness yeah the the fear base is what you were talking about it was uh kind of beat yourself if i don't do it then i'm a bad person like Right. No, you know what I mean? Like, and that's, that's where, where it kind of was because I didn't put myself first. I was a bad person. I didn't yeah. have what, and go back to, it always goes back to those two questions. Am I good enough? And do I have what it takes? And it was no and no, you know, for, for all those as a man, father, husband, uh, career, all those different things. Do, am I good enough? No. Do I have what it takes? No. Like those fear-based things. So if that's not the case, then, well, you're all these, and to me, I, I swear a lot, especially internally. I've gotten a lot better at it. Um, but Wait, like, I'm a great, I'm a great profane. <laughs> I, I, I swear beautifully. I've trained. Yeah. You know, I, I'm I, like getting better at. It, I just mean I'm, I'm able to use profanity more colorfully. But correct, ahead. correct, and more positively in that way. Uh, but no, I, I, internally, that man, I just beat the crap out of myself, and and this shame, this shame of not being what i thought i was that expectation of what i just I want to stop right to. here guys come on everybody's listening i want you to know that you just got the key you just got the, the keys to the kingdom and i don't and i'm i guarantee you there is 
you know, no matter how deep I go in myself or how deep I go with others, with very few exceptions, there's always that shame. Yep. I'm not good enough. I got to prove myself. I got to, yep. until I do, I'm not trustworthy. All those voices. And, and I, I remember I was teaching, uh, I, I took a sabbatical from my law practice and I taught at, at Fort Atlantic University in, in Boca. And, and I had a bunch of high strung successful trial lawyers. And one of them said, I don't want you to take that away from me. That's what drives me. That's what makes me who I am is that I'm not good enough. I got to do better or what, what's going to happen. And, you know, there's nothing I can say to that except my God, I'll see you in 40 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's, so part of it. And there, I just, well, well, I think there's a, there's a difference between just what you said there is like, yes, I like that too. I love that drive. But the thing is too, is it out of fear? Is it out of love? That's it. Okay. It, to, it operates in fear or love and out of fear is because I have to out of love is because I want to. Like I want to be more aware and and it's a difference between I have to, I have to get better. I have to do this because it's saying I'm not good enough and I don't have what it takes where I'm at right now. But the problem is that's false. I was all those times that I spent, even times that were, were not so great in my life at that point in time in my life, I was good enough and I did have what it takes at that point in time. I just didn't execute on those things or, or have the awareness to know that. So in now what I've learned is the more I become aware, the more I know I need to become more aware. And that has created this, go back to your thing, curiosity, this curiosity and this excitement about life that they always say the journey is the best thing. It's not the, it's a journey. It is like, I don't know when my life's going to end. I used to be so scared to death, but I don't know when it's going to end, but I'm freaking excited for whatever's in between it, you know? And I not, didn't used to be like that. I used to wake up fucking dreading, waking up going, oh, shit, we got to do this thing again. What crap is going to come at me? All this negative stuff where I'm trying to be Mr. Positivity, and it's just that clash. But once I got shed all of that stuff, now I just wake up. I'm like, damn, yes, I got another day. Like, all right, this is cool. I don't know what's going to happen today, but this is going to be exciting. Just like our conversation here. I don't know what was going to come out, but, dude, it's going to be exciting. It's exciting. So I I got it. Okay. I I, I can pick up the thread. So I know, you know, I'm, you and I are both in a way control, you know, control freaks is the wrong yeah. way. I have a certain idea. But no, no, idea, no, that's the right way to put it. We're, 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 I like control. <laughs> we, because we're the, because that gives us this feeling false or otherwise that we're, that we're, right. we're in power. We know what we're doing. We know what yep. we're going. As you and I have talked about before, everything we really want resides in the unknown. Yeah. Okay. Control is not going to get you into the unknown. Nope. Control is going to take you to something lesser than the unknown. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so there's a certain, you know, and this is kind of, I think this is an, at the, an edge of a new model that you and I and others of our ilk are, are bringing into being is what does it mean to be a man that, yes, I like the fact that I know that, you know, I will, if I will, you know, protect my family, mm-hmm. I will, you know, I will rise to the occasion. I can make a plan and work a plan. I love that part of myself. And that's all part of it. And then there's a part of me that's surrendered at the same time and doesn't know and truly doesn't know what life is going, you know, what, yeah. what I need to go to, you know, what, what, what life is, is inviting me into. Yeah. And so let, I just want to get your thoughts, like living on the edge of, you know, it's like you were talking about the business people controlled care, whatever it was, is mm-hmm. like, 
you know, I say you want best business practices at the same time you're, you're uh, having a model that doesn't hasn't it doesn't exist yet. Yeah. So what the hell does that look like? <laughs> right. So what does it look like? What, what tell me what that edge feels like? Where yes, I want to be able to make a plan, work a plan, and at the same time, I want to be so surrendered that maybe me not taking that cold shower yeah. that morning was exactly the breakthrough that I needed. Correct. That I needed. What does that feel like to live on that edge, or what? How do you get people to discern that edge? I, I think I, I I want to go back to I think I used to be scared of that edge before that that was fearful because I, the unknown was the unknown like oh shit what's going to happen and the unknown for me ramped up that anxiety in me so it set those things and for anxiety for me hits me physically right away like if it was just in my head like I could control it but it hits me physically or I'm like ah so that edge was always a scary place now. I've come to terms with the edge of going the edge and looking out. And I think about it like this. We, we went out to Colorado um, two years ago. We went up to Rocky, Rocky mountain. No. Yeah. Rocky mountain state park. I think it was anyways. So you're going up the hill. So we get up to like one of the highest points in there and you look and you're just like, I was thinking about the explorers. And these explorers come up there. They come up to the edge of the Rocky Mountains. They're like, oh, my God, we see these mountains. Okay, we got to climb these. So they start climbing these mountains, and they get to – they're like, oh, my gosh, we're almost at the top. Once we get to the top, we can go to the other side and see what's there. So you get up to the top of this thing, and if anybody has been there – have you been to the Rocky Mountains at all? Uh, yes, I've so, the very base. So when, when you get up to the top, you're, like, getting up to the top. We're like, oh, man, like, we're almost there to the top. This is almost over, just downhills from here. And then you get to the top and you're like, holy shit, this is amazing. Because all you see for miles, endless, endless mountains. And you're like, holy shit, like this is so freaking amazing. But the thing is, is when you look at like, that is amazing. And and even at that point in time and right now too, I'm looking at it going, man, what a profound thing. And I stood at the top there, I think it was like 12,000 feet or something like that. And I did like a 360 video around and did a post on it. And I'm like, this is incredible. But thinking about it right now, when, when you get to the top of that first mountain and you see all the other ones, yes, that was like, that. like you look out there, it's beautiful. It's amazing. But there's also, you know, that through that journey that you would have to get through there, there's going to be peaks and valleys. And that's okay. Like for me, when I look at that before, I was terrified of that. When I look at it now, I'm like, man, think of all the things that are going to occur through there. Think of all the things I'm going to learn. Think of how I'm going to get so much better as myself, but then I can share that with other people. Like, even though it looks out there, it's beautiful. It's also terrifying at the same time, but it's this beautiful mix and combination of knowing no matter where I go in those peaks and valleys, I'm always going to stay aligned to my purpose. And I know that whatever comes along is going to guide me through the trails. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know where my path is going to go. And to me, I wanted it mapped out before. Now I don't have any map for it. I have today. I know what we're doing today, but my map in the future, I have some ideas of what I would like, but like the crystal ball effect, it's either going to be better or worse than what you think it's going to be. And I just always am like, let's go find out and, and let's make it better than what it would, would be before. But it's the terror. It's the balance of terrifying and exciting at the same time, because it's that journey of going, man, there's going to be all this stuff out there. So it's, it's a beautiful dichotomy of that. That's which to me is extremely freeing because I don't have that fear. I used to have of going, Oh shit. Like what's ahead. 
Well, interesting. I, I still have that fear still arises. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I was on a podcast yesterday and we were talking about fear. And I said that my, my approach before was whatever I was afraid of, I just faced it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was afraid of heights. I'd climb, I painted houses to climb ladders. I was afraid of authority. I'd walk into a judge's chamber and said, I think you're a crook, you know, because I don't care what it was. If I was afraid, I want, and I realized that was, that was a fear-based relationship to facing, you know, there's something that came yeah. out. So, but what, what's happening, and I think this is the journey, you know, as I just a little bit for my, my, my own sort of context here is that what happened to me eight years ago is I started to love more than I feared. Mm-hmm. I started to love more than I feared and I became 51%. All I gotta do is get 51%. Yeah. So I don't have to wait for all the fear to go away. So if all, right. sick, you know, if, if, if there's fear, there's nothing wrong. Yep. You know, we don't know why there's, I was, I was said, you know, I, I was always, I love water. I love the ocean, but I've always had this panic around drowning. And then I remember having a conversation with my mom and she said, Oh yeah, I must drown when I was a kid. I thought, here I'm beating myself up. You know, why am I scared of water? You know, it just is. Yeah. So I, I, first of all, I just think it's important that, that one, we don't, we don't take fear as necessarily the presence of something being wrong. Yeah. And we, don't, don't we don't shame ourselves for it because it's a it, natural feeling that there's, that we should have, you know, I think if we don't have fear, maybe something for something's a little off there, yeah, but there's, there's, don't there's, build, don't build shame around it, which is what I used to do. Yeah. There's fear and there's danger and yeah. it's yeah, a little bit of discernment between the two. And then you Correct. get, you know, you don't get fleet. You don't walk in bad neighborhoods at night with $20 bills. Saying, oh, you're <laughs> but anyway, um, so what it comes back to something again, that we touched upon and my own experience, it was, it was the trust. It was, it, it's living in a state of trust. And for, let me just, I'll just say this and you mm-hmm. respond to it. I don't know how to put it this in the form of a question, more like as an observation and getting your reaction to my observation. That works. Is it until trust is an experience, it's almost like you have to force yourself. It's like you're gritting your teeth. Yeah. You know, I had to trust so many times I was terrified, but I just said, okay, okay, I trust it's going to work out okay. I trust it's going to work out okay. And I just grit my teeth and I went in. That's, mm-hmm. and there's a different kind of, of trust that it, it, when life has shown you enough times yeah. that it's trustworthy. Yep. So how do you lead or how do you shepherd or mentor or walk hand in hand as a friend with people through this process of learning how learn of letting life prove its trustworthiness? Yeah, I, I think for me, that's the part of love your story, because it's my story. And through my story, I get to show people and share with them my experience of, of that trust, that transition from untrusting to trusting. Um, because that, I mean, for thousands of years, we relate to stories, you know, we build this picture and, and men can relate to what I'm, what I'm sharing, you know, and that's why the brotherhood is so powerful too, is because when we, we get on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, we, we have those discussions about our stories, like it's ours, you know, and we share that and we gain perspective and we get insights from other people and other men share their stories of what they've been through too in the same similar situation and, and so forth. And it's neat because like that story opens up a person's mind to themselves. 
because it's they take it they take those pieces and they look at it for themselves and they reply it to themselves. I always talk about the ARA sequence: assess, reflect, and adjust. So if I'm sharing a story, I want our listeners to assess, reflect, and adjust. This this episode here, this podcast here, this interview, I want them to take it and use it, the ARA sequence so they can say, "Hey, what can I use out of here for me as a tool for my best life?" No, not my life, not your life, Dave. You know, their life isn't ours; it's theirs, and they can take from that. And take those tools and utilize in their life what fits for them. And I think that's one of the big, biggest things is, is that trust is the story. And that's where I had to love my story. There's parts of my story I hated. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to accept it because, well, I made dumbass just choices. I was ashamed by those choices or things happened to me and I wanted to play the victim of like, well, this was done to me. Well, the problem is with that, that mentality there, I had to realize like, I'll go back to one of one of my big hurt. Like, one of my big hurts was when baseball ended. Like, I can go back to the day. I can bring up that same emotion. I remember talking to my parents on the phone. I remember walking into the coach's office and say, "I can't catch a freaking baseball, and I can't swing a bat." Like, I can't. Like, I just like I know that. I we just had one of our um, other brothers um, the other week, Sean. He. Um, he was also in the same, same spot as me. And, um, he ended up having, uh, cancer and that took it away. So he was describing it the other day and I'm like, Oh my God, this is the first, like somebody else knows exactly the pain I felt with that. Well, going back to that, you know, that pain there is I had to realize I was willing to do anything to make the majors which is also the reason why I didn't make the majors. So the, and I didn't want to accept that until I was like 35 years old. I mean, that was when I was 19, 20, that happened. And until I was 35, that's when I was finally like, damn it, I took myself out because I was, I played, I broke my thumb at the beginning of the season pre prior to season. And I caught 62 games with a thumb broken in two places. By the end of the season, I broke it in three places. Like I did it to myself. The reason why I couldn't catch a baseball swing at bats because I kept going where I could have stopped taking that time to heal and then went back at it. It would have been a tougher path maybe to, to get back into the swing or whatever it may be. But I was so determined to do that, that I took my, my, I was looking through a straw. One of the guys described, I was looking through a straw and I couldn't see anything in my peripheral vision. And I was like, oh, when he said that, it just opened up my eyes to a whole new thing. And I think that's where we, we have to have all of these things in here. So when we look at it, trusting myself is being able to sit here and, and that story there is being able to look back at the life and say, hey, my choices were my choices. And the reason why I am where I am right now today in this seat, talking with you here, and everything that has happened in my life is a direct result of my choices. And there's lots of times where like, Clay, you don't understand. And I'm like, you're right. I don't understand, Dave. Dave, I don't understand because I don't have to understand your story. You have to understand your story, not me. I have to understand mine. And when we do that and we understand our stories and we look at all those, like, you know, there's um, at one point in time, like I was literally living on $972 a month. I was paying $2,000 in child support. Like I have two children with two different ladies and I was paying child support to both of those. And I had my kids like it was it was crazy. 
but that occurred. I always, I played the victim there like, ah, oh, well, they're doing it to me. Well, that occurred because I decided to have a relate, be in a relationship with these women and have kids with them. Ultimately it came back to my decision and I had to accept all those things and take that in. And that allowed me to love my story. And because of that, I'm able to share my story authentically and with curiosity to learn from the past so that the present, I can be present in the present and in the future, we can, I can help a shit ton of people out and myself and my kids and our family. So I think so, that answered your question. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But... You know. I'm not saying the response. I'm just saying it's perfect, whether it was yeah. the answer to my question or just a, uh, a little seed for you to go with. So do you, and again, I'm not leading the witness. I don't know the answer to this question. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just asking. Do you, would you change anything you could go back. Would you change anything or have anything be different than it was? Oh, man, this is uh, my wife and I talk about this all the time. And my answer is yes and no. There's some parts of me that are like, yes, hell yes. But then there's the other side of me that goes, well, if I change it, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would be me now. And then that's the part for me, I'm more on the no because I wouldn't change it because I don't know if I would end up being who I am right now. Okay. So you know, this, if, this, if, if it meant that I can know exactly who I am and my purpose sooner, then that might persuade me in the yes. But the problem is, is it took all of that to get to the point where I am today. So therefore I can't say. So I'm, I'm going to challenge you or yeah. invite you to, to dream on that a little more and think about yeah. that. Not from a position of, of superiority. Oh, no, 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 yeah. A position of brotherhood. I remember when, and maybe we'll talk about this again when we, we switch roles, that when Julie came into my life and I found that my life was actually a love story and not a, you know, a spiritual odyssey or a mm -hmm. business rag the riches story. And, and, and I just, this profound love opened up, was revealed. And I had and have such intense empathy and love and appreciation. And, and there were parts about Julie's, you know, there's just very really painful parts in her life, you know, that I just think, why did this beautiful creature have to go through this? And I just actually got some divine, you know, almost like, what was, what was it? It was a divine, a divine question, which was an inquiry. Would you change anything that created this precious jewel? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Would I, I change anything that yeah. made, you know that took this diamond, made this diamond? And I, and I realized no. No. Yeah. And I thought, well, holy shit, I'm I'm screwed. <laughs> that means I can't change. I don't want to change. You know. And again, I, this yeah. way, I'm inviting you rather than preaching to you. No. no I would not yet. Yeah, I mean, there's so many stupid things. I, you know, so many. Like I said, I lost a million dollars in a company. I'd like to have that million dollars right now. And I'm, yeah. you know, that, I, that would come in handy right now. Okay. So there's things, you know, whatever. And I know with a capital K that everything is perfect. This is the perfection yeah. that has resulted in the imperfect and perfect perfection that I am right now. Yeah. yeah. And again, I would just invite everyone to, because then you're not back there. Oh, I, I could have, should have, would, I could have been a contender. I could have played for major league baseball or I could have yep. blah, blah, blah. And everyone has to come to this themselves. They right. can't force this. So I would, I, you know, for what it's worth, I'm telling you, you're perfect. You know, yeah. you're, everything's perfect. You right. change one little piece of it, 
and we're not having this conversation. Correct. Yeah. You're not the man yeah. you are. No, and I, I I love the way you just said that because like, and it's true because like my wife's been through a lot too. And I look back and I'm like, like what you just said there, would you change anything in there? And I'm like, well, I can't because then she would, I don't know if she'd be this person. Wouldn't be. You know, same thing, same thing with me. And that's where it's like, you know, I think there's that struggle of saying that, but then again, that comes back to, uh, it's really just, that's where the part of this, the story is. I don't even know if I go back and forth, but anyways, I just want to say, I appreciate that perspective because that's, that's what it's all about. And that Look, gets, again, it gives me an opportunity to assess, reflect and adjust. <laughs> and, and you will never wrap your head around it. We yeah. can't, we can only wrap our hearts around it. Mm-hmm. And literally, you know, that's not, that's not a throwaway line or a Hallmark card. That's true. Uh, it just occurred to me that we can only wrap our hearts around it. And then here's, and I'll put one more thing out there and then we can kind of figure out where to, how to bring this to closure, which we don't need one of us want to do, is because what I what, well, here's what I realized I was fucked. When I really realized, when I recognized my heart, my heart around the fact that I couldn't, everything's created this person. I love who I am. Mm-hmm. I drive myself nuts. I drive my wife nuts. I drive, you know, there's so many things about myself. I say, why the hell, you know, did, you know, so when I say I, I, I love myself, I mean, I just really appreciate the human being that I am. Yes. I enjoy the experience of being me. And I do recognize that my humanity is the doorway to my divinity. And we can talk more about this when we switch tools. So I have all that. And I realize everything created that. And if I change one thing, I wouldn't be the perfect jewel that I am. Yeah. And then I realize, wow, here's where, here's where it gets really dicey. That means this moment's perfect. Yep. I mean, and like we said, okay, wait a minute, hold it, hold it. It wasn't like, oh, that worked up to now, but now I got to grab the wheel again and I got to do this and I got to regret this. No, wait a minute. That continuum never stops. And to me, that's the piece. Yeah. You know, and again, I'll never wrap my head around it. I'm still trying to do the best I can. I'm still organizing my day. I'm still watching my bank account. I'm still doing all the things that I'm still building empires, right? I'm still doing all that stuff. And there's a deep internal knowing that it's perfect. Yeah. And I, and I think that's where I, I, I keep saying the more I become aware, the more I know I need to become more aware. And I think it's because of that. But, and, and if I might, yeah, put a, a, and it's going to be so much fun when we switch, you know, because oh, yeah. at this point, it's not, a, it's just in our conversation. Yeah. But it's like, I, for me, being aware is a, is a, you know, a spiritual adept for 40 years and someone that spent 30 days a month in a cabin all by, you know, that was my vacation for my law practice. And to become super aware and all the disciplines and I'm not going to eat meat. I'm not going to have sex because that takes, you know, I, I made awareness of discipline and people did that. That's a pain. I'm, you know, again, I'm glad I've exercised those muscles, mm-hmm. but the awareness I have is just love and interest. Yeah. Yep. I don't want to miss. I, I was in yesterday. I was picking up dinner and there's a, a guy that, 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 that works at this grill. He's a great guy. And I'm actually, he's working with me in my business a little bit, but he had a traumatic brain injury. It was, you know, and, and we were just talking. And, and first, I just wanted to get my food and get the hell home before it got cold. And that's all I wanted to do. Yeah. Then I just thought, wait a minute, I'm here with this human being. And I wasn't like, okay, I'm going to practice mindfulness. I thought, no, I am across the counter from a human being. Bring my heart to it. Yep. And so the awareness becomes a matter. It gets back to said before about curiosity and interest. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my dog scratching back. <laughs> At, uh, yeah, you know, got the whole there we go. But anyway, but I think this is look. You and I are men of love, mm-hmm. 
and, and it is men like us, blue collar guys from different ends of the state of Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. you know, who have just scrapped and done this and know how to. It's, we're street fighters. Yep. You know, look, if I was in a bar fight and I had, a, I want, I don't want you back, my, I, oh, you yeah. know, I want you on my back, right? Absolutely. We are. We got the broken beer bottles back to back. <laughs> Bring it on, okay? We have to kill both of us. Oh yeah. But we're we're models that we can be men of heart. Yeah. And it doesn't take away from the fact that you're the guy I want on my back in the bar fight. Mm-hmm. And I think that, and I just want to acknowledge you because it takes so much courage to be someone who will accept this role in life yeah. because heartfulness doesn't come easy. It comes easy to us, but it doesn't come. It comes Correct. naturally to us, but not easy to us. Correct. And I just want everyone who's listening to just recognize what a gift they have here in you and the person that's, that's doing everything you're doing, not just for all the wisdom you have and the experience you have, because you had the balls to go first and say, I'm going to model what it's like to be a man in the traditional sense and the new man that has a heart. Yeah. And I just, so I just want everyone to know again, that I just want to add my voice to that. Mm. And also, I mean, I know you're always asking other people this question. So if people want to engage with you, what do they do? Uh, they reach out. That's what they do. They reach out. You can go to the social medias. You got Instagram, Facebook, um, and LinkedIn, but really, uh, the biggest way is to join the brotherhood, you know, be a part of a group of men who are living with purpose and doing exactly what we're talking about here. They're finding out exactly who are, who they are. They're being themselves. They're knowing their purpose. They're trusting in life. And they're, they're excited every single day about waking up and having that opportunity just to be them. Uh, they're overflowing their cup. So uh, I would say the biggest way to connect and have that connection um, and really it's about coming back to you and learning about exactly who you are is, is join the brotherhood purpose infused brotherhood.com go there and, uh, get started. That's yeah. we're and here I for you. I want to say this. I just have a, a, a minute here is there's a, this, when I, I go back to what we started with, there's a, a tuning fork of authenticity has been mm-hmm. created and everyone listening to this is in this field now. Yep. Okay. And we think, Oh, this is, and we, we forget the fact that we're going to fall out of this field because you and I aren't going to be sitting here bearing our souls and our minds and everything else. So I encourage everyone, do it now. Yeah. I mean, you know, really, what do you, have some balls. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying, you know, give, give you your credit card and join the brotherhood. I'm, but, you know, that's great if that's what you're called to do. I'm saying just reach out to Clay. Yes. Take this moment of authenticity and reach out and just open the door. And then if it doesn't, you know, to me, I just like, let's engage and see what's there. Yeah. I would encourage everyone to seize the moment of the beauty that we've created through our authenticity and our manhood and our heart and take an affirmative step forward. And this ain't, I didn't come here to do a sales pitch for clay, but I can't help myself <laughs> take this moment and, and, and find out, just be curious. Yeah. Not to commit, just be curious, find out what's there, see if there's a connection. Yeah. And I'll tell you that it's so much better to live life the way you and I are living it than the way we oh. lived before. Absolutely. And just, and just like we were talking about that path, uh, we don't, I, reaching out, we don't know where the path is going to go. There's nope. so many different ways, but here's what we do know, reaching out and being able to have that conversation, having the balls to reach out to me or to you, Dave, too, is in, and say, hey, have that conversation. We don't know where it's going to go, but we know it's going to be something beautiful and we know it's going to do one thing. It's going to help you be exactly who you, who you are in this life. I know that's going to happen. It's going to help you own your shit, love your, love your story. And it's going to help you live with purpose, period. Yeah. That's what it's going to help you do. So. I, don't, I don't want this party to end. I got something to come. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for having the balls to do this. Thanks for inviting me on. And then, look, you and I are going to switch in a couple of weeks. Yep, first. 
and uh, I'm really looking forward to expanding more on the stuff that we had. Absolutely. And uh, I appreciate you putting this out here and saying, hey, let me interview you because I think it was an awesome idea and uh, I'm good for it. And uh, I think this was great. And um, it was it, the universe, again, once provided uh, what it needed to. So thank you, Dave. Appreciate it, man. Beautiful.